Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Who are you, where are you, and how are you, and what are you doing? What are you doing? Welcome to News on Acid, episode number 55. That's right. Wow. I drive 55. We are your hosts, Joe and Evan. Evan, I think we're just going to kick this episode off with some local news. We want to fire up that yeah. sweet sound clip. <laughs> <laughs> so this is maybe maybe a third follow-up we've done on this. This is news on acid, people, so don't be surprised. But the first government psychedelics decriminalization panel meeting took place in Denver. Uh, I think it was last week at this point. Uh, but just a quick follow-up in local news. Nothing very uh, substantial was coming out of this first meeting. I'm sure it was, it was mostly logistics and stuff. But uh, the drug policy reform advocates talked openly with law enforcement and elected officials about, you know, therapeutic uh, potential for psilocybin mushrooms. Just go back to the beginning. Uh, Denver passed the decriminalization of psilocybin mushrooms on mm-hmm. our last voting cycle. Yeah. Which was the first in the nation, which was followed by Oakland. Right. Then we had Santa Cruz. Wow, and I, I think something going on in D.C. And then there's like a full-blown... Oregon, like just the whole state, like yeah, Oregon. I don't know whatever happened with that, but then then Denver just as of January first decriminalized all drugs. Yeah, so it's uh, it's basically talking over how they're making it, you know, lowest fucking priority. Yeah, uh, which is great. Uh, again, first meeting uh, for the policy review panel, which is a government body that was formed as part of a historic initiative to make psilocybin the lowest local law enforcement priority and it was approved last may uh, just to clarify that so that panel just in case you are interested is comprised of 11 people mostly appointed by the mayor uh, two from the city council one harm reduction advocate two local sheriff's department representatives um one criminal defense yeah. attorney blah 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 blah. that's what so, i didn't that's what i didn't realize i thought this was just some sort of non-profit but this is actually a government organization, yeah. The psilocybin mushroom policy review panel, yeah, is literally down the street. A, tr- a true government entity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the turnout for this, like, very uh, clerical, I'll, I'll say, <laughs> meeting was so high that they had to move to a larger room in the city council building uh, where they already were, but they had to move it to a larger room, which indicates obviously some interest some interest from the general public here um i had some mushrooms last weekend for the first time since i was 18 uh it's been a while but uh yeah just a small small little bit not not enough to you know the older you get the less you need it seems like right true yeah very true at least for Um, me but yeah, still, uh, still see positive benefits coming out of that. So I can't be mad about this one bit. Um, it was interesting. I saw something in this article talking about uh, how did they word it? They said something about like trying to figure out who, like who's gonna, who are they gonna be encountering that are like on mushrooms or like in what circumstances and like how you deal with it or whatever might be like their next step. Yeah, and it's like. 99% fish sticks, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 99% fish concert. Yeah. Just a bunch of concert goers. Like, I don't know if people are yeah, like but I full mean, blown I, tripping. I just like, I mean, I'm around. sure actually though, officers come in contact with people tripping from time to time and, uh, you know, knowing how to approach them in a 
safe way or in a way that's not going to freak them out or it's probably a helpful thing. I mean, it's pretty interesting to see Denver just be so forward thinking about all this in general. Yeah. It's a beautiful part it, about it blows our city, my I mean. mind that there's an 11 person psilocybin panel down the street. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> we are living in the future. The future is now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a proud moment for, for Denver, even if you're not, you know, a psilocybin user or a drug user of any kind, I would hope you could take some pride in this and like our ability to justify at quantifiable research, you know, mm-hmm. like when it comes to things like PTSD or any number of other things that we're going to start yeah. actually doing some Depression, real fucking therapy, studies on. Yeah. Neurogenesis, synaptogenesis. Yeah. Um, well, it, it would take, I don't know. I, you should be proud that we're not just turning a blind eye to like science basically is, is kind of how I would frame that to people who are, ambivalent to what's happening or not you know haven't taken drugs a bunch or whatever which is a lot of people so but yeah i mean i wonder how long i mean obviously it's not legal it's decriminalized but uh (laughs) i wonder how long before you start to see some sort of i don't know like therapeutic psychedelic type shops open that are it's interesting. Kind of find their way to skirt around the law where they're like, we're not going to tell you to do this, but right. if you do this. If you look into the article too, um, oh, what is this guy's name? His last name is Matthews. Uh, Kevin Matthews, um, who basically ran the, the campaign to decriminalize and has founded a national group to do that, pushing for policy change. He talks a lot about Denver's homeless community, which we've talked about on this podcast plenty, and how this could like benefit them. And I think I could see like one of the forward-thinking plans being having like treatment centers where you could ha- you could potentially have people come in off the street and try to undergo you know treatment sessions to try and help them in their personal lives, which would be a really interesting concept. <laughs> be an interesting place to start. I don't know if it's start. I said long term. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just have like a dough shack. Where... Yeah. Just have a dough shack out back. <laughs> Bring you off the street. Eat this. Yeah. How do you feel? You feel better? But I mean, like we were saying, uh, going over, going over all the complex problems that you face in a city and trying to apply a new solution. See if you can yeah. get anything. No, but I mean, I do agree with that thing with homeless, especially when we're talking about, uh, you know, psilocybin's had a lot of studies show how to people to get off like opioids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, and it's my personal belief that so much of homelessness is just related to heroin. Um, I just seen it over and over and over and over again. That seems like the one drug people cannot get over. And they will do anything. Yeah, right. They will do anything to maintain whatever they have to do to do that. Like, there's no amount of prostitution or, you know, yeah. li- living without a house or like stealing stuff that you're not willing to do to get that. Because if you don't have it, like, you're sick. And I just see it over and over again. So yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if uh, how they do that with homeless people and if, um, I don't know, they can get people off some opiates. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just a, a reframing of the reframing of uh, criminalization of drug users to compassion for somebody who is, you know, suffering from a sickness, which uh, 
it's kind of a national problem, especially with the opioid ep- epidemic right now. So yeah. Anyways, I mean, that was a good follow up. Very, very fitting. Uh, very fitting news on acid follow up. Yeah, and other local news. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, here in Denver, Michael Mayor Michael Hancock. He said last Friday that he will veto a bill ending the city's pit bull ban uh, that was passed by Denver earlier this week. So there's been a pit bull ban in place for three pit bull related breeds. And it goes back to 1989 and the city council put something forward to overturn that ban. And then, uh, Michael Hancock came out on Twitter and a few other places and basically said after weighing all the evidence that he didn't feel like he could in good conscience, um, let the ban be overturned. Which is really interesting. I mean, if you've spent any time living in or around the Denver area, you know, damn well about this pit bull ban. Cause it's so, it's so weird. Like I've never lived anywhere else that had anything like this. So, uh, people literally are like, Oh, I can't live there because of my dog or yeah. I have to live in Arvada or I have to whatever. You can just like move 30 feet. Yeah. You know, it's like super weird. Uh, but yeah, finally for the first time, it's been a, dis- top, a topic of conversation in my friend groups. I moved back here in 2012 the pit bull band just like comes up every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, I've, I have such like weird, I try to look into it and there's, I've seen such a mix of studies. Some say they are more aggressive. Some say they're not. Some say it's like really specifically like here's, here's one study I'll, I'll read in 2008, a team of university of Pennsylvania researchers completed a study of aggressiveness of 30 breeds of dogs. This is coming from PolitiFact. Uh, the researchers collected about 15,000 questionnaires from the year-long study. The researchers asked owners a series of questions concerning how their dogs reacted in various situations to other canines and humans they know as well as strangers. Uh, the results found chihuahuas, who everyone knows chihuahuas are dicks, and dachshund, <laughs> they are. Everybody knows. <laughs> Seriously, they're aggressive. Uh, were the most aggressive toward both humans and other dogs. Those breeds, however, are smaller and usually inflict less severe injuries, which was something I was talking about before we started recording. Uh, the findings were a mixed bag for pit bull terriers. The dogs were among the most aggressive toward other dogs, particularly those they didn't know. Pit bulls, the researchers found, were not significantly more aggressive than other breeds towards strangers. So it seems that there are some of these breeds, I mean, there's a handful of studies saying a couple different things. Um, let me read one more study. So, mm-hmm. Or one more uh, piece of input. Uh, this comes from WebMD, but they're quoting um, Pamela Reed, who's vice president of the ASPCA. Pitbulls tended to be on the high side of aggressiveness, but there were lots of breeds that were high. Uh, but they are less tolerant of other dogs than many other breeds. And that comes from Pamela Reed again. Uh, they also have a great tenacity. They, when they put their mind to something, they do it. That's what makes them great dogs for sports like weight pulling. They're very strong athletic animals. So the consensus, at least from like a handful of studies and input I've seen, is that lots of dogs are aggressive. Um, but if you put if you separate it down to from aggressiveness towards people versus aggressiveness towards dogs, pit bulls tend to be aggressive towards other dogs. And that's what I've seen in my life like i've seen i knew someone in atlanta i mean this is all very um 
you know, just like personal stories, yeah, anecdotal evidence. But a lot of people have anecdotal evidence when they say, hey, my pit bull's super sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's whoever raises it. But I mean, that, that may be true. I'm not saying we should keep the pit bull ban or whatever, but um, I've known at least three or four incidents. There was one back in Atlanta where my friend, their pit bull attacked another dog and the state made him put it down. Um, I lived on a farm that had like seven dogs. They're all raised the same, you know, like good owners. And that pit bull just started attacking other dogs and we had to put it down because it was so aggressive. Um, our mutual friend, Jeff in Oregon was walking and a pit bull came up and attacked their dog and he had to punch it. And it like, I don't know, like split his wrist or like broke his hand. Yeah. Broke his hand or something like that. So I've seen it happen like over and over again where I haven't seen that with any other dog. So like my, my personal, I mean, I, I had to put down a pit bull. So like for me personally, like it does ring true. Like that they do seem more aggressive towards other dogs. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see in this WebMD thing that it's, you know, they're on the high side, but there are lots of breeds that were higher. So I wonder yeah. what, I wonder what those breeds were that are actually higher than pit bulls on, well, on that, uh, frame or framework, I guess. Uh, I've never had, I've never had a a bad personal encounter with a pit bull. The only time I've ever been bit by a dog, it wasn't a pit bull at all. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what kind of dog it was. Some mutt dog, but not a pit bull. Like not that type of dog. Yeah, is really random. And that dog probably just like had a shitty life. Who knows? Or yeah. like was trying was to de- defend the house or something. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to like see. It like uh, I don't know, I would call this just kind of a media bias come through with like pitbulls are always pitbulls, Dobermans, uh, Rottweilers. You know, like but are there Doberman bands or anything? You know, no. That's the thing is like which ones of these are higher and like why are there no bands on that one? <laughs> you know. Like, so I think part of it too is just like I mean, say it's fair or unfair or whatever, but which ha- Michael Hancock did uh, allude to was that it's not just the dogs; it's the culture around these dogs being used for like fighting and also the type of, you know, arrests and things they've had in the past related to these dogs was part of the, what they had to consider. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when you have a very athletic dog, like she points out that those are the types of dogs you're going to have in in those types of situations. And just to clarify in case anyone is not aware. The reason they're called pit bulls is because they were bred for hundreds of years to bring down bulls. Like these things are beasts. And that's, that's another part of it too, is like, you know, there may be other aggressive dogs, but what's the pit bull attacking you going to do compared to the chihuahua? You know, which one's going to do more damage. And my mayor Hancock was quoted as saying, quote, the reality is that irresponsible pet owners continue to be a problem. And it is the irresponsible owners and their dogs. that must consider in evaluating the overall impact of this ordinance. So he is admitting that, you know, it's not, not necessarily even, the dog. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause it's like, I admit it's not necessarily this one breed. It has to do with owners, but then it's just like, then like, why is it just the one breed? Yeah. Every all- pit bull I've ever met. And it, it might just harken back to their ability to be personable with people has been super sweet and super nice. And I don't know. It's yeah. They can be such sweet. Yeah. Sweet dogs. Uh, but there's like a, I mean, it's kind of like people if you, if you frame it that way, where, you know, the same person raised differently in different circumstances, it's going to turn out to be completely different. And one of them could be like very violent and one of them could be very docile. 
So let me let me read this. Okay. Um, and then genetics. I don't know how accurate this is, so I'm going to preface it like that. This is from dogsbite.org. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which may or may not be, uh, it seems like the an- The most a- reputable source ever. <laughs> it seems like an, a- an anti-dog biting source. Uh, but at the top in their banner on the page that I'm on, because I was trying to figure out- dog biting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's big dog lobby. Um, it says, in the 14-year period- of 2005 through 2018, canines killed 471 Americans. Pitbulls contributed to 66% of those deaths. Combined, Pitbulls and Rottweilers contributed to 76% of the total recorded death. So if that's true, that's a pretty damning number, which does seem... What I was trying to find is like, um, what other cities... Because I know other cities have banned Pitbulls before. Um, but yeah, it's... Pitbulls in, in 2018 alone, um, you know, according to dogbite.org, dogsbite.org, 72% of fatal dog bites were pit bulls. Um, 6% Rottweiler, 6% Mastiff, Bull Mastiff, 8% Mixed Breed, and the rest kind of just tapers off from there. But that's pretty interesting. That's That's a pretty significant number that, if that's true, that's pretty bananas. Don't you think? Yeah, we've got. Uh, I was doing some research based on your question. I got some states. Let's I, got hear it. S- I got some states with some, some bands. States and cities. We got Kentucky with thirty-one total cities with bans on legislation. Eleven cities or for, counties for pit bulls specifically in Kentucky have outright pit bull bans. Uh, a number of others label pit bulls as vicious or dangerous, but only a handful pay any mind to Rottweilers, bull mastiffs, and other dogs. We've got Louisiana, thirty-two cities. Pitbulls being public enemy number one there as well. Uh, Michigan, uh, which has 36 cities, um, but can also, let's see, while not breed specific, this is Michigan, the following breeds of dogs shall be considered suspect as vicious and potentially dangerous. Akitas, which I've I've known Akitas to be more fucking dicks than Pitbulls are. Yeah, actually, chows. Alaskan Malamute, just a giant dog. American Pit Bull Terrier, Staffordshire, no idea what that is. Boxers, dude. Boxers are just so high energy. Yeah. Boxers are annoying shit. I'm just going to say that on this podcast. Bull Mastiff, Chow Chow, Dalmatian, who are dicks. Doberman (laughs) Pinscher, eh. Bull Terrier, German Shepherd. I don't know. German Shepherds are scary looking. <laughs> yeah. There's a shit ton, dude. So the way they... Ridgebacks, Rottweilers, Huskies, wolf hybrids. <laughs> yeah, lots of wolf hybrid bands. Yeah. Arkansas, Mississippi, Wisconsin, Missouri, so, Ohio, Kansas, the way they, Iowa. The way dogbites.org got there, they, they listed their fata- fatality citation, uh, was that they basically just like got off, went off news stories that they cited. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It's hard to tell, but I mean, I'm not loving dog dogs bite.org. <laughs> I can't imagine though <laughs> if they were even like somewhat honest, and I don't know if they are or not, but like that they could be off by that much if it's like seventy two percent, and then the rest is just like Let's papers just, off. I think we could settle on the fact that large bred, aggressively bred dogs are probably going to contribute to uh, most of the dog bites in the world. But it's not the Dobermans. You but know it, what I mean? But but I think that 
I don't know. I, I think that they're but, just as likely then as not a according to dogsbite.org <laughs> and their suspect research. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to me that Pitbull is public enemy. Number one, maybe it's that whole lockjaw situation. I think enough kids just got murdered by a Pitbull that people were just like, yeah, fucking enough with your, cool. they're probably just the, I mean, they are the most specifically bred. They're literally like, like fight. You know what I mean? Some of them are jacked. Have you seen yeah, these dogs? They have like man? bigger muscles than like a human does. <laughs> yeah. In like places where it's like dogs don't have muscles there. <laughs> yeah. Looks like they just they I mean just they pump an iron out back. There's some really <laughs> sweet pit bulls, but they just look like they're injected in the face with testosterone. Yeah, I remember playing on a on the ground a little inebriated with a pit bull and like grabbing its face and realizing that it's like it, its head was like twice as big as mine. Yeah. Like one of those big old fucking, it looked like a shark, like yeah, walking a around. shark. Yeah. Totally. And I was just like, at that moment I was like, ah, I mean, I'll just like get up, <laughs> <laughs> but it was the sweetest dog. So I'm like, feel bad about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to put a nice little ribbon on this, so obviously Mayor Michael Hancock is who we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, talking about vetoing this, which he still could get outvoted, and it, you know, yeah, I guess it city council can matter. overwrite him, yeah. But uh, Governor Jared Polis had to weigh in on this one as well, <laughs> and uh, tweeted a photo of uh, a dog named Frida, a friend's new pit bull rescue dog, uh, hanging out with him at the governor's mansion. Yeah, and, I saw that, and then basically. Trolled the fuck out of Mike Mike Hancock. <laughs> yeah, then he posted a picture on Michael Hancock's Twitter of Scooby Doo saying, "Yeah," <laughs> because Michael Hancock responded with a one word "Wow" with two exclamation points, and yeah, and then just like this stoned Scooby Doo meme shows up from Jared Jared Polis's account. Ruh <laughs> uh, So there's no consensus in state government. Yeah. I, th- I think city council sounds like they'll get to override the veto and Pitbulls will be back. And then, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll see. see. if there's a Pitbull rampage in the city of Denver. Yeah. Maybe we should become breeders. Yeah. Tight. Um, <laughs> moving right along, our friend Jeff Bezos. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Wow. Yeah. Uh after being bullied, <laughs> decided <laughs> that he was finally going to give up some of his money to climate change. Yay. So, you- yeah, we kind of dragged Jeff through the mud a little bit for his, like, pathetic Australian fires donation. Yes. And pathetic in, in relativity to his fucking bank account. Which he makes, what was it, like $120 million a day? And he donated, like, $600,000 yeah, or something? it was insane. It was just like, really? Really, Jeff? <laughs> but... He has now pledged uh, $10 billion to fight climate change, which uh, is a little more like it, I think. Yeah. Um, So let's just read his quotes here. Uh, Quote, I want to work alongside others both to amplify known ways to explore new ways of fighting and the devastating impact of climate change in his full Instagram post, which was interesting that he like chose Instagram as the place to do this. Today, I'm thrilled to announce I'm launching the Bezos Earth Fund. Climate change is the biggest threat to our planet. I want to work alongside others, both to amplify known ways and to explore new ways of fighting the devastating impact of climate change on this planet we all share. This global initiative will fund scientists, activists, NGOs, any effort that offers a real possibility to help preserve and protect the natural world. We can save Earth. It's going to take a collective action from big companies, small companies, Nation or nation states, global organizations, and individuals. I'm committing ten billion dollars to start, and will begin issuing grants this summer. 
Earth is the one thing we all have in common. Let's protect it together. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So well written. I doubt he wrote it, right? No, he could, I mean, he could have wrote it. And the picture uh, was just a picture of the Earth on Instagram. But um, this all came, just so we can give this some context, this all came after Bezos. I don't know if it's Bezos or Bezos. Bezos. Bezos that's whatever Jeff Bezos. has been under pressure. <laughs> Friend of the show, Jeff. <laughs> uh, from his employees to do more to protect the environment. Thousands, literally thousands of Amazon employees signed a letter last May asking how the company planned to respond to climate change. And many of them staged a walkout in September, calling out to do more. A day before the walkout, Amazon announced a pledge to go out carbon neutral by 2040. 10 years before the deadline set out by the Paris Climate Agreement. Uh, the company also said it would deploy 100,000 electric delivery vans by 2024. Yeah. That's probably for their own selfish money-saving needs. But um, All right, quick. You're in an Amazon uh, corporate fucking meeting. Board room, meeting. Board meeting. And they're, Evan, five ideas for Amazon to cut our, you know, whatever carbon emissions or global footprint, because obviously he's prudging this money, but it's like, Jeff, look in the mirror, buddy. Like what, yeah. can, what can we do? So what do you, what would you say to him? That's hard because I don't know what their biggest inefficiencies are as far as carbon, but I mean, definitely the insane amount of non-reusable things that yeah. are just coming to my house every day. I know. Do you like, <laughs> so, I mean, electric vehicles. Great. Let's do that. Stop sending me so many like one use boxes. Like, dude, pack it all in one box. What's going on here? The like, uh, the like, really pick and choose when you're using the uh, like inflated air plastic sheathing, you know, because yeah. the mop handle didn't need any, you know what I mean? So let's get that out. Uh, I would probably fund some research into like making a different style cardboard box that just like. Yeah, I don't know how much that's decomposed. contributing to actual like CO2 or anything, but for sure, I mean, their fleet, because they use UPS, obviously, but they also, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with their program where people have, you're kind of like your own yeah. individual LLC or whatever, and they license you out with your van to go do yep. packages. But if they could get that fleet electric, that would be pretty awesome. That would be great. Because uh, that's probably their biggest footprint is just like, like you said with the boxes, like sometimes the reason you get seven different boxes is because like logistically from whatever warehouse it came from, like it made more sense to send seven boxes than four to get it. Yeah. In whatever at the right time or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a reevaluation of that that could, you know, get the same or give people an option. If you're like, Hey, I'd rather get this six hours later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To save like whatever. I don't know. Like gamify it, you know, put some, you saved one ton of carbon this year. Right. You know? Yeah. I think they could do a lot, but I I don't know. I'm stoked on it. It's interesting um, to see some of the reaction to it. Uh, Like we said, he's going to start distributing money or granting funds this summer. With his $130 billion estimated net worth, this is actually 8% of his fortune, which is like... Pretty big deal. Yeah, I'm actually into it. Um, previously, his largest uh, contribution in philanthropy was $2 billion. Um, yeah, it's all in the form of grants, which I don't necessarily think is an issue, but it's interesting that he went that route. But I guess that's how you can sort of... yeah vet who you're giving it to because it's already a you know a known process with universities and research institutions and people like automatically started just like poking at him about like taxes uh, um, like yeah tax reasons like you guys it's 10 billion dollars towards the climate 
shut up. You know, like I was, I was kind of annoyed with some of the reaction where it's like, Oh, like let's figure out a way to shit on Jeff Bezos for donating $10 billion towards climate change. Because for me, climate change is actually like my number one fucking problem. So it's just like, you guys, come on. Yeah. It's $10 billion. What have you done? Contributed $10 billion? No? All right, then shut up. <laughs> you know, like it's killing me. Everybody has to be negative about everything all the time. Um, I mean, if you compare it to like Bill Gates, who's had fucking documentaries made and grants all over the place. Yeah, know, hard to compete with him. Really close to like eliminating Ebola or whatever he was doing over <laughs> in Africa. They have pledged malaria. to become, uh, yeah, malaria, uh, carbon negative by 2030. So that's 10 years for Microsoft to become carbon negative. So that's pretty That's cool. interesting. I wonder if they're actually carbon negative or they're just putting, I mean, like in their actual day-to-day or they're just continuously plant trees or something to right. offset yeah, everything right. they're doing. <laughs> they're trying to find like other ways, but they can't, they're not actually, because there's no way you could not put out any carbon, right? I mean. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would be interested to see that plan. Like what's the plan? Maybe it's just getting their energy for what they're doing. Uh, I mean, that, through, through that, reusable resources. That was the controversial thing about the Green New Deal was it's supposed to be like carbon neutral by 2030. Everyone was like, "That's not going to happen." That's ten <laughs> years from now. <laughs> no more cars, or how does this work? No more carbon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's start and see if one company can do it first and uh, <laughs> follow their example. I mean, if there's an example to follow, it seems like. Bill Gates is setting one recently, so that's good. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Ten billion towards climate change can't really. Yeah, can't really so, be I mean, sad if, about it. You know, if there's anything to learn from this, it's that uh, protesting your the giant corporation you work at seems to be somewhat effective. Yeah, just get a couple thousand of your closest friends and then you sign shame, a letter. You and, shame him when he like throws half a cent at fucking wildfires, and <laughs> dude, that's not enough. <laughs> Two billion's not even enough for your. He was he did that for like homeless families and education, which really I mean that's yeah great money, that right? yeah two billion that's great, but at the same time like yeah let's see eight percent of that fortune you know like what could you possibly dude I I've <laughs> always said this if I was super freaking rich there's no way I could just hang on to fifty billion dollars like the amount of guilt. Just be like, oh, I could just, I mean, that's how I feel about Bloomberg and this whole fucking thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, he's putting, he's already put down $400 million dude, on Dude, he ads. might spend a literal billion yeah. in a primary. In a primary. And it's like, dude, you could have ended like homelessness in California for that money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, if this doesn't work, like, what did you do? I read one stat, not to get too. It's like, yeah, you ran for president for a billion dollars. And, yeah. you know, in this scenario, lost <laughs> like recent what <laughs> recent yeah basically just like exposed himself to all the rape accusations <laughs> the 48 so plus many. rape accusations God. but uh yeah i saw some stat yesterday or today that was like uh f- between facebook and google he's put out thirty thousand on average thirty thousand ads per minute which is you said that to me i was like wait it's like per minute and it's like, what? He's just like black mirrors his way into the fucking... It's fucked. But like, I don't know. We, we were talking about some of this before we went live. It's totally shifting into Mike Bloomberg talk. But <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact is that like, it's somehow it's kind of working because he's still polling. Dude, like, that's what's well so with, like, insane. Certain demographics like, these, and shit. Yeah, like he was second in the black vote in a recent national poll. And that was after 
all this stuff of came back of like stop and frisk where he's like all these crazy videos and quotes where he's talking about black people Dude, he where he so just many. so many and he like even just the way he says it, he's like the blacks, you know. And you're like, yeah, don't just say like, it Whoa. like that. <laughs> yeah. Like even that, and he's like, throw him up against the wall, you frisk him, and then it's just like, dude, you're. He can say that that can go viral on the internet, and still people who aren't paying attention, who are just getting these, who are just ads. sitting, like probably people who just watch a lot of TV, honestly, yeah. are just getting ad after ad after ad, and he's just telling you the whatever you want to hear, and then it's working. I did zero like independent research on Mike Bloomberg because I was just pretending like this isn't like, not you know, happen. This yeah. isn't happening. This isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> so like last night was like the first time I ever heard his fucking voice to my recollection. Yeah, and then he proceeded to just get fucking a mud hole stomped in his ass. Yeah, by fuck, mostly by Elizabeth Warren. But yeah. Anyways, I don't know how the fuck we got there, but. Yeah, we'll have to do a deep dive on Mike Bloomberg because he is just an interesting dude. I mean, self-made fucking billionaire though, so I mean, hey, but I would rather him spend one literal one billion dollars on anything else. On anything climate else, yeah, maybe <laughs> climate change. I don't know. Yeah, which he has spent a lot on climate change. He actually but, is good on climate change, but it, given that, but he's also I don't a know huge piece of shit. Everyone, it's like everything he donates to is like for some other like future self-serving thing. <laughs> Yeah, like he's What's donated to a lot of. Well, that's the thing. It's like he's donated a lot to like amazing things and democratic causes, and then, then he goes and like asks for those. Like, oh, I give you a million dollars to your city. Like, are you going to endorse me for president? Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, it's not really. You're not really doing it for the right reasons, if that's the reason. Right. Know? Totally. But anyway, uh, if you have a billion dollars to just like throw around, consider climate change, homelessness. Uh, I don't know. Some of our sponsors. Yeah. Sponsoring this podcast, sponsoring my own personal life. Yeah. You know, those types of things first. Yeah. Put your priorities straight. We yeah. really appreciate it. Friend of the show, Jeff Bezos. Uh, I think that does it for this episode. You can always contact us. Hello at news on com. Give us a call and leave a message. 720-282-9782. Like us, rate us, subscribe, and we will see you guys again next time. Bye. <laughs> Bell, 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 Bell,